This episode of Barrel Tasting with Howard Fletcher is brought to you by my friends at Boxwood Estate Winery. What do you do when you get out of the business of owning a three-time Super Bowl winning NFL franchise? Well, this guy wouldn't know, but I'll tell you what John Ken Cook and his wife Rita did after owning the Washington football team. They purchased historic Boxwood Farm in Middleburg, Virginia in 2001 to establish a vineyard and a winery. Their goal from the beginning had been to produce the highest possible quality wine and to emulate the Bordeaux style. But they still wanted to retain the distinct expression of Virginia's terroir. So, in 2002, Mr. Cook hired renowned viticulturalist Lucy Morton, who I'd love to get on the show, to design a 16-acre vineyard and acclaimed architect Hugh Newell Jacobson and Dr. Richard Vine, an enologist at Purdue University to design Boxwood Winery. Together, they established one of the finest wineries that uses only estate-grown grapes in the country. Now, Boxwood's sustainable vineyards occupy 26 and a half acres of the historic landmark farm and are planted with traditional Bordeaux varietals, predominantly Cabernet Sauvignon, Merlot, Cab Franc, and Sauvignon Blanc. So go to their website, boxwoodwinery.com. And if you're close enough to visit, check their visiting hours In this time of COVID, it's always good to check with any tasting room before making the trip because things are changing all the time. It's a lovely place, though, and I recommend you go. But if you're not close enough to make the trip, simply order a case or some bottles over the Internet. Listen, I have to tell you, I'm a fan of their 2015 Reserve Red Bordeaux blend. It's delicious. And I don't know if there's any left. Last time I spoke to someone there, they said it was going kind of fast. But if it's still available when you go to the site, I'm telling you now to buy some. You'll thank me later, I'm sure. So that's boxwoodwinery.com. That's B-O-X-W-O-O-D-W-I-N-E-R-Y.com. Now, let's get back to the show. You know, with wine, again, it's one shot. And with this, it's, you know, we can generally find juice year-round. And so if we want to try something, we can try something. And, you know, it's going to kind of help us refine it and, you know, hopefully keep people engaged as well and, juice is good for you right so yeah it's good this is barrel tasting with howard fletcher a podcast that shines a light on the best winemakers craft brewers and spirit distillers in the dmv so grab a glass of your favorite adult beverage don't forget to subscribe to the show and let's get started thank you asia hello and welcome to barrel tasting i'm howard fletcher Those of you who listened to last week's show, and I hope you did, already know what today's show is all about. I had the pleasure of traveling to Bluemont, Virginia last week to interview Scott Spellbrink about his winemaking magic at Bluemont Vineyard. Now, winemaking isn't all that Scott does there. He's also spearheading Henway Hard Cider. So while I was there, I had to learn more about that venture as well. But before I go any further, I want you to please subscribe and rate the podcast if you've not done so already. It helps us grow, and it only takes a few seconds. And so while you're doing that, please rate us. I want you to be honest, but I also want five stars. So if you're so inclined, please help the pod grow. We appreciate your support. As I was saying, Henway Hard Cider is an extension of Bluemont Vineyard, and is producing hard ciders from apples grown right on the property at Great Country Farms. The name comes from an old family favorite joke by the Zerschmied's family's great-grandfather, Graham Horlander. Now here's the joke. People will sometimes ask Graham Horlander, what's a Henway? And you know what his answer was, right? You're gonna make me say it, okay. His answer was about five pounds. Now that was hilarious when Graham Horlander said it, it's all about delivery, I messed up the joke. So I'm gonna quit right now. With no further ado, 
Here's my conversation with Scott Spellbring, the cider master of Henway Hard Cider in Bluemont, Virginia. Let's all raise a glass. All right, I'm at the tasting room of Bluemont Vineyard, and but I'm not going to be talking about wine today. I'm here again with Scott Spellbring, who uh, I spoke to last week. If you haven't heard that episode, please go back and listen to it. We talked about all the great wines here at Bluemont. Now we're going to be talking about Henway Cider, hard cider. Yep. Now that tasting room, you told me, is across the street. Is mm-hmm. that correct? Or across the road? Down at Great Country Farms. Great Country yep. Farms. I know nothing about cider mm-hmm. other than it usually comes from apples. Yep. You know. Now I will say this: I my my ex wife is Lithuanian, so I, I bring I bring her up. We're still great friends, <laughs> but I bring her up because when I we were married, we used to go to Lithuania a lot. And in the early two thousands, you know, there was cider on tap every bar we went to, and I thought that was very unusual. Oh, this is such a but it was so ironic because there it was usually apple based cider, which seems like it's an American <laughs> American thing. So I thought it was very interesting that it took a little longer for it to catch on over here. Uh, tell me a little bit about Henway Cider and this the whole cider industry as far as you're concerned. So, I mean, you know, cider, you know, really kind of goes back to Europe. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it's huge in England and, mm-hmm. and you know, kind of throughout that, that region. For us, yeah, the cidery really became an offshoot of Great Country Farms mm-hmm. and, and all of our, you know, kind of apple trees and things down there. Uh, something the families wanted to do for a long time, and it, it came up when I when I was first interviewing as as winemaker. And like, how do you feel about hard cider? And for me, you know, it's something I've always been interested in. And you know, I I kind of think back to you know when I was living overseas. You know, my my friends were British and and things like that. And so at thirteen years old, fourteen years old, I was introduced to you know woodpecker's hard cider yeah, and, and, yeah. and 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 things like that. So you know, I've I've always really enjoyed it. In 2019, we decided to open the cidery. You know, I started making fruit wines here, mm-hmm. um, you know, again, offshoot of, of, of the farm property. Uh, we were making uh, apple wine and peach wine and a, uh, like a sparkling peach wine and then some, some kind of test of, of hard cider. But we decided to, you know, open the doors and, and kind of experiment and, and try it. And it's, it's been a very kind of cool learning experience and, you know, like really trying to kind of see things from a different perspective on the property. You know, what do we have that's available for, for cider? You know, I mean, you can ferment anything. Right. So, um, but you know, we are apple based, you know, kind of across the board. So all of the ciders you make are apple based right now. Yeah. So we, we do blended ciders, um, you know, whether it's, you know, fresh fruit from the property or, or, you know, different ingredients, you know, whether it's spices or, or things like that. But everything does start with an apple base. Um, we are working with some pears. So, you know, there will be kind of a, a pear you know, or, or a pear-based cider as well. Hmm. What goes well with cider? Anything, huh? Yeah. I mean, it you know, pears I, there, <laughs> I, you know cider, cider kind of straddles this, this weird line between like wine and craft brewing. Yeah. And... That's honestly been the, the hardest thing for me to wrap my head around a little bit because, you know, from, from a wine perspective, you know, harvest takes place over this, you know, period of time. And then, you know, we get the wines going and then, then we bottle and, you know, we're bottling thousands of cases at a time and, 
and there's your inventory. Hard cider, at least the way that we're making it, is more of a craft beverage. And so we can take a cue from, from the brewing industry where, you know, we can turn out a different flavor or combination quickly. Yeah. And I mean, it could be on a, you know, one to two week, you know, turnaround. But then, you know, we also have the, the components of the wine industry of, you know, barrel aging or, or, you know, things like that, you know, where we might have cider in a barrel for two years. So, so it's, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of cool, like weird you know, weird position to be in. Yeah, I haven't, uh, you know, my, my uh, experience with ciders, you know, as I said, we're over in Lithuania mm-hmm. and just uh, some cider that we bought, say, around November that just went hard. In the, uh, as you mentioned, in the craft beer industry, you do a lot of barrel aging, or mm-hmm. there's some barrel aging that's mm-hmm. done. Now, do you do the same? Now, you mentioned you do have a cider that's in the barrel, but what about reused barrels, like, you know, like a bourbon barrel mm-hmm. or stuff like that? Do you, are you doing that type of thing? Absolutely. So I've got a couple of uh, couple of barrel purveyors, if you will, that, that I work with. And it's cool because I'll, I'll get these kind of random texts or, or emails where it's like, hey, I've got these barrels coming in or, <laughs> or these barrels or I found these barrels. So, you know, a good example, I had had some some cider sitting in barrel for a year and a half wow. and i was getting ready to you know kind of bottle it as a as a barrel aged you know cider and you know had kind of the characteristics i was looking for you know all that and then i got a text saying i've got some bourbon barrels coming in but when they were emptied they were filled with maple syrup huh. and so the maple syrup was aged on the bourbon barrels wow and they just emptied the maple syrup do you want them? And I'm like, apples, bourbon, maple. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So <laughs> yes. they couldn't get here fast enough. Yeah. And, um, you know, so then that became our, our, the start for our, you know, bourbon barrel or maple. Did we ever come up with a name for this? It was like <laughs> maple, apple, bourbon barrel aged, you know, yeah. cider. And, um, you know, so you get, you know, the characteristics of, you know, some of the, the bourbon, yeah, some of those kind of vanilla and bourbony notes, and then you know you get the maple syrup on top of that for a little sweetness, and and then the apple. Um, so we've got that. You know, we're working with. I've got some tequila barrels that are on the way. You know, just things like that. Yeah, that maple barrel sounds delicious. <laughs> um, are those usually one-offs? I mean, do you uh, or or can you uh, get a regular flow of <laughs> those barrels I coming mean, in? You know, honestly, for us, it seems like everything's a one-off, yeah. you know, because we're, we're kind of in our infancy. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, we opened in 19 and we were open for, you know, two and a half months or so. And, mm-hmm. then, you know, traffic really drops off at the farm, you know, especially with a new business when the farm shuts down, you know. So we shut it down for a little bit and then COVID happened. Yeah. And so we, we didn't really open back up again until July. And so, so this is the first time we've had, you know, kind of an extended season, you know, which is kind of nice because, you know, we can, we're still learning the ins and outs on some of these things. Um, and also trying to figure out what the consumers are looking for. So we don't do a whole lot of like sweet, sweet ciders. You know, most of ours are, you know, still on the drier side, maybe one or two, you know, percent residual sugar just to kind of, kind of round things out. Whereas some of the, kind of more well-known ciders that are out there are pushing five, six, you know, grams per liter. Yeah, you know? pretty sweet. 
you know, but we're, we're just kind of having fun and experimenting. So, you know, we could say one off, but if it works, then, you know, we're trying to figure out like a, a larger scale, you know, like how, how can we do this on a, on a more regular basis? But at the same time, I think there are expectations with cider right now that, you know, because we are taking cues from the craft brew. Yeah. That we change our tap list on a regular basis. Sure. Yeah. And so, you know, it's, if you also take the tie into the farm, you know, we're approaching it from a seasonal aspect. And so, you know, like springtime's coming up, you know, I, I don't necessarily need to have this, you know, maple bourbon barrel cider on there. You know, it's like, let's do something with strawberries or peaches or orange blossom. You know, I've got a cider getting ready to come out that I'm, I'm really excited about. And we did a brew with a cider base, like a, a sweet cider base with, um, we worked with a, a tea company hmm. and to come up with a, a orange blossom tea blend. And so we basically had a giant tea bag and we steeped it in the <laughs> cider, you know, but you know, the, the flavors are, are much more the springtime, sure. summer, you know, so, so that's how we're going to kind of get our, our rotation through, if you will. Yeah. You yeah. Know, like at the winery, that's when we would put out soft Blanc, you know, down there, you know, that's where we're going to put out, you know, like a orange blossom or, yeah. Is there anything that you can, uh, like, to go into the craft beer industry, there are certain trends <laughs> that have come that have come and gone, some have come to stay, like, say, IPAs. Mm -hmm. Now, I, I, again, I'm going to show my limited understanding of the brewing process, but, uh, you know, the I know IPAs are very hoppy, you know, so I'm, I'm assuming that they're, they do whatever they need to do to make that hop more intense. Mm -hmm. Is there an ingredient besides flavors and you mentioned sugar content mm -hmm. in a cider process, cider hard hardening process that uh, or fermenting process that you could possibly play around with to create a. I'm trying to see if there's like yeah. going to be like the IPA of ciders. Um, I don't, I don't see it like that. Yeah, you know, for for us, right the second. Um, you know, cider when cider's fermented fully out. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's not necessarily this huge amount of flavor. Yeah. And so, you know, some varietals are, are different than others. And there's, there's kind of four categories of, of cider apples, if you will. You know, there's that, you know, you've got your sweets, you know, you've got your, you know, more tannic, you know, more acid driven, you know, stuff like that. And so in order to kind of come up with a more uniform base, a lot of times there's, there's blending that goes into it just like you would with wines, you know, but I mean, Maybe I don't know enough about any trends that are out there, you know, <laughs> but I, I do know that, you know, fruit flavored ciders right now are on a massive upswing um, compared to more traditional ciders. And, you know, there, there's definitely differences between cider purists and what we do, you know, and, you know, there, there are there are cider makers, you know, that really just want to respect the apple. You know, it's, you know, <laughs> I mean, hands off yep. cider making. It's yeah. no sulfites, no nothing. It's barrel aged. It's, it's just completely hands off. And I think it's a beautiful thing. Yeah. I just can't support that in terms of the volume sure. that we're doing down here, especially knowing what our, our peak season is like. Um, so, you know, 
like we, you know, we, we have a, a bit of a program, you know, that has started, you know, to kind of uh, appeal to, you know, that type of a, a crowd, but it's on much more of a limited, you know, basis. But I mean, you know, for us right now, we're going to ride the wave of fruit flavored because it's what we've got. Mm-hmm. You know, if we're doing a peach cider, I can go pick peaches, I can press them and I can either co-ferment them with, with apples or I can take the juice and, you know, back sweeten and there's my peach cider. So is it just, uh, available here? Do you distribute somewhere? Current, currently here. Uh-huh. Um, you know, with, with last year kind of being our, our first real, real year open, we learned a lot mm-hmm. and we were busy. And so, you know, we're, we're just trying to kind of get into the, the flow between, you know, production for, for the wines as well as ciders take place in the same building and the cider volumes have kind of surprised us a little bit. And so, so trying to, you know, have everything work efficiently and, and not step on, on, on each other's toes has been a little bit of a challenge. So it's available on the internet though, to, can you order it and have it delivered to your house? Uh, I know you can order it and I believe you can have it delivered. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because you were mentioning how good business has been, although I know people have been coming here, coming to, down to the market during, during mm-hmm. COVID, mm-hmm. that uh, I just wondered if you were getting a whole lot of orders. And Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not really sure, huh. but I, I know when people come out, you know, they, they just enjoy spending time down at the farm. And, you know, the, um, the cidery where, where it sits has a, has a big pond out in front of it and a lot of outdoor space. There's oh. actually a lot of indoor space that's, that's actually very efficient for social distancing. And, um, you know, dog-friendly, family-friendly. We've got a great kitchen down there. So so it's definitely, you know, like a nice place to spend an afternoon. What do you want people to know about, um, well, you mentioned uh, about all the different uh, varieties and mm-hmm. small batches that you do. It sounds very interesting. I mean, I really want to get my hands on some of that mm-hmm. maple bourbon, right? yeah. bourbon cider now. Since this is something that you sort of, sounds like it's kind of your baby, mm-hmm. so to speak, what would you tell people about, why they should come here. You know, to me, I think it's the, you know, that, that synergy right. between the farm and, you know, what you're drinking. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you, you, you always hear farm to table, you know, for food. And this is, you know, farm to glass, you know, and you can walk out the door and you can see all the apple trees. You know, at this point, we, we have around 8,000 apple trees on the property. Uh, we're adding another 2,000 this year, you know, and we will have, somewhere between 40 and 50 different varieties of apples that all ripen at different times. So, so kind of the cool thing is, is, you know, you can come out multiple times and go apple picking and kind of follow the season as well. So it's, you know, for, for these three weeks, these particular apples are ripening, you know, for these three weeks, you know, when you go to the store, it's kind of the same same. apples that are there all the time and they're from last year's harvest. Yeah. I mean, they, they sit in the warehouse and that's what it is. But, you know, it's kind of nice to be able to come out and pick your apples and then go have a glass of, you know, hard cider that was made from those apples. Yeah. Um, and we also, you know, because we needed more projects, you know, we, we also do uh, uh, fresh pressed apple juice for the farm. And so we do that out of our production building as well. And so we pick the apples here, we press them, we pasteurize it, and it goes into like bag in the box. Mm-hmm. Um, again you know, we do that on a, each week or every other week. So when that's available, that's also following, you know, what's, what's going on. So, you know, you, you see these apples, you know, 
late summer, that's what you're drinking in typically in your hard cider as well as your juice. And that's what you're out there picking. And then two weeks later you come out and it might be something totally different. So, so I think that's kind of cool. It's, I love when, when people can see, you know, just in front of them that they can touch. Yeah. And then know where that's going. It's sold in four packs or six packs or, um, or bottles or. Let me see. We do crowlers. So Crowl, the, yeah. kind of the, I think they're 32 ounce. Mm-hmm. Um, some of it's in bottles. So 750s. Summer in 500s and then by the glass. Oh, so we we will be canning, you know, at some point here, hopefully soon. Yeah. So. Would you like to distribute somewhere? Or would you? I, yeah. I mean, and and we will, you know, mm-hmm. and that's that's in the that's in the cards. Um, you know, right now it's it's really a, kind of wrapping our our heads around the process a little bit, you know, better and mm-hmm. becoming a little more efficient at, at what we're doing. I would say that as we get into canning, then that opens more of a of a wholesale, you know, distribution type opportunity. Now, is it available at the winery or do you have to go down to the, uh, Prim- so primarily at Henway, Henway, um, when the farm market opens, we will have it available at the farm market as well. Mm-hmm. Um, not typically at the winery. So, okay. or the brewery, it's not far away folks. So don't no, worry. it's bottom, bottom, bottom of the <laughs> it's hill, bottom of the hill. Yeah. But you know, at some point, you know, you don't want to have all your eggs in one basket. Right. You know, yeah. it's like, I, I want you to go visit Henway, yeah, you know? Yeah. So, well, you know, you know, when I'm turning in, I did see the, the market, at least the turn in for the market that's not open right now, but I would imagine most people, a good percentage of people who come here probably end up going over there anyway to get some of that fresh produce. So, yeah, I mean, fresh produce, they, they, uh, uh, recently put a, a in-house bakery over there oh, as well. Um, so, so they've started doing, you know, bagels and <laughs> things like that. You're playing my tune now. I know. Um, so, I mean, it's, you know, I, like we said, you know, I, I think COVID has, you know, kind of caused everybody to kind of make, make some different changes. And, you know, so you kind of expand into, you know, just some different facets. So, you know, it's more, more of a, a full-service market now, if you mm-hmm. will. Okay. Well, what am I not asking you about? Is there anything I'm not asking you about the cider business? I mean, very. It sounds very interesting. I definitely want to go visit. Yeah. No. I mean, I think it's you know, it's 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 really fun and exciting. And I think it took off a lot faster than than I expected. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Look at the music. Is that? Yeah. That must yeah. be the closing closing <laughs> credits. You know. Um, but I mean, it's there. There are kind of no rules. Yeah. And so, you know, there's no reason why, you know. Tim and I can't go back and, and decide that, you know what, let's throw some habanero peppers in this one, you know, today yeah. and, and just kind of see what happens. Yeah. Um, you know, we're working with a, a lot of juice coming in next week and we've got a list of things that we want to try. Wow. And so, you know, with wine, again, it's one shot. And with this, it's, you know, we can generally find juice year round. And so if we want to try something, we can try something. And you know, it's going to kind of help us refine it and, you know, hopefully keep people engaged as well. And it's juice. It's good for you, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> Yeah, it's good. Okay. All right, Scott. Well, thank you very much for telling me about Henway uh, Cidery. Uh, if anyone's going, find themselves in Loudoun County, definitely in Bluemont, Virginia. Definitely go by, go by Henway uh, Cidery and mm-hmm. to, the, to the market. Yep. Because uh, it looks it looks like you could probably grow some really good stuff here. Yeah, so, absolutely. So. Absolutely. They're doing a great job. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm going to go uh, enjoy the rest of my birthday. It's St. Patrick's Day, so that's why we have the, the, the live music behind us. No, it's not live, but cool. Anyway, take care. Awesome. Thanks a lot. Thank Bye-bye. you. Well, that's another show in the books. 
I had another great time speaking with Scott Spellbring of Henway Hard Cider. Now, if you live in or near the DMV, or if you're visiting Loudoun County, Virginia, or more specifically, if you find yourself in Bluemont, Virginia, do yourself a favor and stop by Henway Hard Cider and Great Country Farms. And please, whoever you meet there, tell them that you heard about the Maple Bourbon Cider on Barrel Tasting. Scott, thank you again for being on the show. You're always welcome to come on to discuss all things Virginia wine, all things Virginia cider, and the fine art of barrel procurement. I'm all about promoting the craft beverage industry in the DMV because it's some of the best in the nation, and in some respects, some of the best in the world. And if you agree with that sentiment, please share this podcast. The more it grows, the more I can get the word out about the craft beverage culture in the DMV. This show was written, produced, and birthed by yours truly, I'm Howard Fletcher. I'll be back next week with another craft beverage maker in the DMV to introduce to you. I know there's a ton of media you could be listening to besides me, and that's why I work so hard to bring you the good content that I do. I truly appreciate your time investment in me. Thank you very much again for listening. Remember, always have a designated driver, so I'll see you next time. East Vicata. You have been listening to Barrel Tasting with Howard Fletcher, part of the Fletcher Podcast Group. You can reach Howard at his website, barreltastingpod.com. I'm Asia Blue. Thanks for listening. See you next time.